Welcome back to Flop Stars. If you've been with us before, albeit quite a while ago, it's still the same. We'll take an album that we feel was criminally underrated or ignored on the charts and unpack it. In the past, we've done Charlie XCX, Carly Rae Jepsen, Taylor Swift, Tuve Lo, and now we're turning our attention back to who is quickly becoming the queen of flop stars, <laughs> Lady Gaga. I'm Sam Murphy. I'm joined by Nick Kelly to discuss Gaga's album, Chromatica. I can't believe the Chromatica episode is already here, but I'm here for it. Can you believe it? I, w- <laughs> I mean, we always knew this day was coming. There's a few albums that I remember came out within the last two years and I was kind of champing at the bit to, to do them. And I'm happy to finally be discussing Chromatica. Obviously, the new Gaga song, well, not obviously, if you're listening to this at a different time, um, we're recording this when Gaga dropped her new song for the Top Gun soundtrack hold my hand which is kind of what's put us put her back into our minds um but regardless we're happy to be discussing chromatica on any day yes we've got some games coming up and we'll delve into the singles themselves but let's take a look at some of the background i mean it feels like appropriate timing from a podcast spawned out of the start of the pandemic because you and i couldn't get our shit together before we were locked in our own houses on the other (laughs) side on either side of the world it feels right to be looking at a record that came out kind of around the same time of the genesis of this podcast and it came out at that time where music was, uh, I think with a couple of years of hindsight, music was more important than ever. Music was more valuable and helpful than ever. I still have a distinct memory of middle of winter, watching the State of Origin football, which had no crowds at it. Um, They got like like pop-up cardboard people watching it. It was very, (sighs) very off. And at the same time, I'd just been sent the leak of Chromatica like three days before it was meant to come out. And so I'm dancing around my study, watching the football, listening to that, not knowing what the hell the world had An activity only you would engage in. Absolutely. It really (laughs) is the dichotomy of my interests. Um, But this is is the thing. Like this record really came out when when the pandemic was at that really particular moment of being all anyone was thinking about and talking about and all these new words were being added to our vocabulary, all these new lifestyle things that we had to do and we had no vision of what was next, no vision of the future. And so this album, I think, came at a perfect time where we needed some escapism and what better way to escape than to escape to another planet. Exactly. And what's interesting is I feel like a lot of pop stars at the beginning kind of thought we need to delay the albums because it's not an appropriate time to be releasing this kind of escapist pop music. And then a few months later, they decide, actually, it's exactly the time to be releasing this kind of music. And I feel like because of that, I have a very special um, kind of place in my heart for the songs that resonated with me during that period. And particularly... Chromatica, I feel like for our group over here during the pandemic became kind of the soundtrack to all our small little dance parties of like eight to 10 people when things started to open up a little bit more. And Chromatica was originally set for 10th of April and was eventually delayed until June. Um, And Gaga's release plan for it was... Um, almost to just do nothing. <laughs> Pretty much. Put the music out and then fly off to Venus. <laughs> Literally just disappeared. 
I think she did one televised performance with Ariana Grande. She did a couple of interviews um, and then basically just forgot that Chromatica existed. And I feel like that's because she was doing other things. Like she was actually being quite um, like involved in pandemic related like charity and and stuff like that. So she did feel that what her purpose was a little bit bigger than Chromatica. But I think the fact that we had this album in our hands was, was special for everybody. And particularly because it marked this return to dance pop Gaga that fans had been waiting for since, I guess, art pop. Absolutely. I think for her, in terms of where she sat upon its release, she'd kind of been through everything and and been through all the emotions that this album brought because she's been quite honest about how much healing this album was for her and it it was about kind of going through the traumas and the demons that she had and so I suppose to go through all of those in the creation of this and then the waiting game of actually putting it out once it's actually out there just do a couple of chats and then leave it with the people and go on to that bigger purpose and you know, she was she was working with the UN on on you know pandemic action and and things like that. Um, yeah. The interviews were also really interesting because everyone had been was doing Zoom by this point, and everyone was doing Zoom interviews. But all her interviews were just phoners, and she wouldn't she, like she wasn't showing her face in anything because she was obviously just too busy and and otherwise occupied to to bother. And- coming into into pandemic world and you know she wanted people to think that she was coming from another planet to talk to them at the same time too i think that she didn't really want to talk about this album too much by the sounds of it she was in a lot of anguish when she wrote and recorded it um and putting it through this dance music lens was a way of pulling herself out of it um but it's painful for her to talk about obviously and she hasn't wanted to talk about it. I wouldn't be surprised if she's kind of reluctant to go on tour with it as she is going to. Um, but at the same time, I think she knew that everybody needed it at that point. And yep. I don't know how kind of Dua and Gaga lined up these two records pre-pandemic that spoke to a, a pandemic audience so well. It's The timing of it is, is quite crazy. It's, I feel like it's insane. It was genius, and you're right. They were the two records that truly defined that you know escapist part of the the early pandemic days, and they were yeah. so essential. And and future nostalgia as well as Chromatica. But I, I don't think as as much as I think we could say that future nostalgia is arguably a more sophisticated kind of release yeah. than Chromatica. I know that might be you know it might be a bit, a bit pop to, a bit um pop snobby to to say, but it is a bit more, but of it's a, true. Yeah, it's a bit more. Co- it's a bit more cohesive and coherent, and um, but but those two records are are joyful, big, loud pop records, and yeah. they were made for dance floors in a time where we could not get on the dance floor, and the juxtaposition of that and the escapism that was able to be created through that before we started to get this absolute barrage of awful songs written about the pandemic and about lockdowns and people doing shit zoom performances we had these perfectly crafted big bombastic pop albums ready to go and that's where this one had its moment that's the key to it isn't it like they were ready to go and we were craving those like high budget music videos and that really high budget sound at the same time that we were getting tinny zoom performances which like Spare me, I never want to see another one again in my life. Ever, ever. But 
this album just speaks to that whole situation so nicely and like the lyrics from like Free Woman where she's like, this is my dance floor. I fought for Um, like all of Rain On Me feels like this, this kind of like wanting to break out of the situation that you're in, but kind of dealing with what, what you've been given. And I remember coming out of it, everybody was like, the first song I want to hear at the club is Rain On Me. That was the one. That everybody wanted. It was it was the first song I played the day that Dance Falls reopened after the first wave of the pandemic. It was one of the first songs that I played for people. And just seeing people do that dance move that they practiced in their bedrooms for (laughs) six months and at little mini house parties when you were allowed ten people around. Um, to see that on a dance floor of, of a couple of hundred people was so beautiful and and yeah this was a this was a record made for the dance floor and and I suppose it gave people you're right it gave, it gave people that that glimmer of hope and that light at the end of the tunnel that maybe didn't exist at that time when we were in such a world of, yeah. of anguish and, and unsurety um, you know there were two types of music that that resonated nostalgia and comfort worked yeah. through the period and is still working at the moment but the other was that escapism and that stuff that was going to re- that reminded us that as uncertain as everything is right now there will be a time where we where we hit a relative new normal and i don't want to bang on about the pandemic too much but this really was a a really defining pandemic record really was and i think it, chromatica is both nostalgic and escapist in a way it's nostalgic because it takes us back to gaga as a dance pop star but it's also nostalgic because i think the sound is nostalgic perhaps not as much for american audiences but anybody who's kind of followed european dance music um from the trashy side of it to the more like intelligent dance music side of it quote unquote yeah um I think it's really in that pocket and it's not necessarily a boundary breaking record. And I don't think many of the sounds here push dance pop forward at all, but they just sit in like such a sweet pocket for anybody who's kind of celebrated those sounds. And she moves from anything from like Robin to things like like Marion and and those kind of like and Cascada, like I see it as I see Cascada, it as being the Robin yeah. to Cascada scale of, of even pop Aquara, instrumentals. Uh, yes, you hear in here like there's just so many of those references and and none of the references are particularly sophisticated as you would say where Jewel was probably referencing like. Donna Summer and Daft Punk and those yeah. kind of really highbrow references. Gaga was really going for like the the base level European club and does just a phenomenal job at kind of pouring her excellent songwriting into it and pull away all of this and there's proper songs here like there's you she could sit at a piano and play any of these songs and make it sound quite stirring Flop stars all right for this week's song game we're gonna I think there's been a lot of pa- pandemic chat. We'll move a- away from it and speak about the the album more specifically. But I think that it's it's difficult to talk about it without um, surrounding it in the pandemic. And there are a lot of songs other than Chromatica that also resonated with people during that time. So we're going to put Chromatica up against Pandemic Anthems. Love this. Great idea. This would be a great a little... little bit n- PTSD for Yeah, I was going to say, it's a nostalgia <laughs> trip. I don't do know if together. I want to go down. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so the first one is Rain, Rain on Me. On me. 
verse our sophisticated pandemic queen Dua Lipa with physical. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about what is arguably the biggest song off this record. I don't think arguably, I think it is the biggest song off this, off this Chromatica yeah. record. Uh, versus a, a Dua song that whilst strong and whilst really likeable, I don't think it's the biggest song off that record. Um, and it kind of felt probably like one of the more derivative songs and the, le- the least... The least, the least, an ode to the past with some new flavour into it, and more just derivative yeah. of, you know, songs of its namesake, the Olivia Newton-John side of things, but also just that jazzercise kind of eighties sound. Um, yeah. So, so physical doesn't stand up for me as such. It's still a smash and a bob, but um, Rain on Me is 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 really that song, and I suppose arguably one of the more sophisticated songs on um, Chromatica as well. So if we're if we're putting it up against the sophisticated cousin. It's going to be rain on me. <laughs> Physical is actually one of my favorite future nostalgia songs. Maybe definitely top three, maybe number one. No, it's not number one. It's not number yeah, one. Yeah, I think it just like harnesses so much Above energy, levitating, but... hallucinate, don't start now. <sighs> levitating doesn't, not up there for me. Um, baby, do a leaper. <laughs> Unless the baby's in it. And then obviously yeah, on repeat. Number one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but rain on me, like what a special moment getting the two Italians together, so good. Gaga and Ariana and just going for it. And a special moment because it's both of their return to big pop. Like Ariana's kind of shied away from those moments for a few years as well. So to hear them just like in their element, absolutely belting it and going for it. It's silly. And it's like, it's I don't know. It's it's just got such a feeling for me that's so hard to explain. So it's got to be it's got to be rain on me definitely. Yeah, I'm glad we agree on that. And and even though we disagree on the physical side of things, um, I, I it's funny. I'm thinking now. I have such distinct memories of every single song from this record dropping for the first time. Like I remember where I was when I heard "Stupid Love" for the first time. I was in a yeah. Uh, I know exactly where I was. I was in the car park of the Shell service station in Dremoyne. Oh my God, of course you were. It's always a show. It's always in the freaking car park. I remember, and it came on Nova, and they played it twice, back to back. And I went, oh my God, we've arrived at a new era. This is remarkable. And then Rain On Me, I was in another shop. I was in a shopping centre car park on the Central Coast, and I... Before I left, I watched the video and I went, I called my friend Grace and I was like, oh my God, she's arrived. We've arrived in this era. And just the stupid so jumping cool. around dance move, like just, just brilliant. Um, the jump was so good. So I good. was in, in like upstate New York, kind of hiding away from everybody up there because things were still raging here and i was um tie-dyeing t-shirts which is if, <laughs> if that isn't the image of the pandemic i don't know what it is yep it's either that or knitting or everyone everyone did something everyone did something. oh never again i can't even look at a tie-dye t-shirt now um stupid love is the next one the first single from chromatica versus the weekend's save your tears now are we putting ariana in to save your tears the I think when Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's okay. do it. This I, is a I bit should have put battle. this up against Rain on Me. I didn't even think about that. Oh, the two Ariana songs. Yes. Yeah. Didn't even think about it. Um, I love Save Your Tears and particularly the duet version, and particularly when they do the duet version live. And oh, how you know, good is that? Oh, remar- just their voices together. Just... And they're both constantly like shocked by each other's talent. 
and like watching, yeah. watching them just glowing about each so other. So good. Um, but Stupid Love is a straight out the gates, 10 out of 10, perfect pop, capital P moment. And it leaves nothing to be desired further. Um, it was something that just, it, it just sounded like what I needed from some pop star at some point to remind me that pop songs can still sound like this. So it holds, it holds real, real joy in my heart. Um, the hashtag shot on iPhone 11 video to oh, go God. with it can stay, but... Her and Selena Gomez getting oh, roped into that. Christ. <laughs> but honestly, stupid, yeah, stupid love is a, is a, is a 10 out of 10 and save your tears. You know, maybe it has its, has its moments, but you know, it needed a feature to be good. But this was perfect on its own. Ooh. So, yeah, you know where it's going. This might surprise you, but Stupid Love is actually at, in the bottom few for me on Chromatica. Goodbye. I Video love the... <laughs> and he's gone. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo. I love when you switch the video off and it's just you like 10 years ago with bleach blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> It's a real nice it's before and after. Um, what do you I think mean? the verses are perfect. The chorus just doesn't hit in the same way it could. The weekend save your tears, I agree with you, like wasn't as much on my radar before Ariana got added to it. I always loved it. Yeah. But once she got added to it, it really kicked it into a new gear for me. And it's just like a perfect pop song. Like absolutely perfect. So I've got to go with the weekend save your tears. Okay got one disagreement so far and we almost had a disagreement on the on the prior one this is a toughie what's our third song <laughs> our next one is 911 versus little mix's sweet melody Ooh, worthy competitors because they're both it's like really eight out of ten um they're not both eight out they're both ten out nine one one is not as good a song people have given it credit for 911 is the best song on the album oh my god what is happening in our first episode back it is not the best song i'm ready to not see you again for another seven months i'm coming to see you in seven (laughs) weeks so you better get ready yeah well (laughs) cancelled can still take the invite away (laughs) (laughs) this this is a this is a hard one but like Actually, you know what? You've actually riled my you've riled my spirit a little bit more. Little Mix Sweet Melody is one of the I best like songs this. they have ever done, and Nine One One pales in comparison. It's got pales. no. It's got no chorus. It's got no chorus. I don't no, no chorus. Just, just talk sounds, about stupid love. If you like want to talk po- about no chorus, just sounds like a, a second part of the verse. That's all it sounds <sighs> like. My biggest enemy right. is me, and she's like, she's like, no, no passion in the delivery. It's just. My biggest enemy is me. Um, so, <laughs> sweet melody, little mix. That's the point. It's meant to be monotonous. Nah. Nah. Get rid of it. It's sweet melody all uh, the way for me. I don't know if I even want to give you the the pleasure of You know, answer. I would have I given it a, a bit more of a worthy conversation if you hadn't said it was your favourite song on the album. I don't know why that's just... Well, you're punishing me for expressing my opinion. It's okay. I'll let you express your opinion now. I'll be quiet. Thank you. Uh, this is a hard one. Sweet Melody goes so hard. It's definitely one of their best songs and actually one that gave them a big career resuscitation, I think, which totally. um, Jesse Nelson killed. But um, 
it's it's just such like actually one of the best songs by a girl group i would say just the commitment to going so big yeah um and giving it the video it deserved and the live performances it deserved like really a top tier pop song 911 for me was the moment where i was like chromatica is is turning great now when it goes from chromatica 2 into 911 that 30 seconds is like the most exciting 30 seconds on the record, I think. And it kind of captures this feeling of like her being stuck in a rut and then coming out of that because we go like nine on one and then the two depressing songs. And then we start coming out of it with like Enigma and replay. I feel like it's just the like kind of foundational moment of the album. So I've got to go nine one one. Okay. If we're relying okay. on a glorified <laughs> interlude to make oh the song God, good, I'm to done. make this song good, because it just because it's that good a little glorified lead in. interlude. It's not because of that good little interlude. The good little interlude isn't part of the the song game here. You made it part of the song game. You said that I thirty just seconds. I referenced it bah, bah, for context bah, bah, bah. because I'm a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on! Because <laughs> I'm a journalist. No, I'm fucking done. <laughs> so good. Because I'm a journalist. <laughs> Alright, let's try save this. Replay. Which isn't attached to an interlude. And That's we're right. going to reference it on its own merit. Versus Jesse Ware's Save a Kiss. Very hard one. I mean, Jesse, you know, if we're talking about pandemic albums, I mean, sits probably in terms of the size and, and impact of the record, probably sits a little bit under the two big ones that we've been talking about in terms of Chromatica and Future Nostalgia. However, for those yeah. that did receive it and did get amongst it, an absolute life changer of a record in a difficult yeah, time. Yeah, such and a moment. Still standing up. Now... I'm interested in your reaction to this. I think, and, and again, I think we're probably, normally we do the best and worst songs at the end of the, the episode. Oh my God. Replay is an easy top two for me. Oh, thank goodness. Good. Yes, okay, I agree. Glad. Yes. Completely underrated on this album. Completely overshadowed by 911 and the like. Completely overshadowed by Not Sign from Above and... Sour Candy, a great, great part of this record, a really important part of this record. As much as I love Save a Kiss and my soft spot for Jesse Ware, I think I want to give Replay its flowers, so it's going to be Replay. Yeah, Replay is such a moment on the album. And the, the I mean, if 911 kind of sets the context, like sets that context of her being in a rut, Replay is the moment that pulls it out of it. And that final chorus is just so good. Yes. When she just goes for it vocally to the point that it's corny. Like, she just does not hold back. And then the beat just intensifies. It's it's brilliant. It actually should have been on way more dance floors than it has been post-pandemic. Um, Jessie wears Save a Kiss, though. Like, in the context of everything that was going on, it was just such a perfect moment. Yeah. Like, that that lyric of save a kiss for me tonight and just somehow she managed to write this song that encapsulated the whole situation even though obviously 
she had no idea what was going to happen. <laughs> um, so it's ah, oh, it's really hard. I love both these songs. You I know. know I think I've I think I've got to go with replay too. Yes. I know how hard that would have been for you because I know you're you're you know you Jesse you know Lee is I one love of your, absolutely yeah. and there's no hard feelings on that but sometimes you've just got to be really objective and try and be super objective. Um, See, objective. That's another thing that you have to do as a journalist. It's good. It's good. <laughs> that was that was quite a masterclass what I did in that song game for you. I think I think it would be good to um to maybe unpack the fact that coming off something like replay there's some really good diva vocal moments on this record oh, I think, so good and maybe that's why 911 doesn't stand up for me because i think vocally this is almost one of her most impressive records because she's competing with a lot of other big loud sounds but her voice is still driving such mm. a massive part of what this album really is think about the chorus of enigma when it goes into that real like kind of 80s 90s sound and she just gives us like Whitney Houston at that moment you know which hasn't yeah. happened for so long I feel like yeah. even Dewar on on future nostalgia not to like compare pop stars or anything but like she doesn't go for it vocally as much as as kind of Gaga does here and I think it's because at some point big vocals like that became corny yep in a way like you don't you don't get those Whitney Mariah, um, I'm trying to think of like other dance pop beat. A- even kind of Madonna was going for it at the time with like a prayer. Yeah. So it's just so good to hear her do it, and she does it so many moments throughout the record. Obviously, Rain on Me, um, Fun Tonight is definitely one where she pulls it out. Sign from Above, her and Elton are just yes. the first time I heard that song and their vocals, I was like, this has got to be a joke. <laughs> like it was so jarring so jarring and then once i kind of like accepted it i, I learned to absolutely love it yeah but i really love that she's just had no shame and it's been that way since kind of born this um born this way there were so many moments on that album where she really goes for it vocally in yeah. a way that other pop stars weren't at the time i mean i, I must i must just give shouts to you and i even you know the more rocky, absolutely rockabilly side of that record was so impressively vocal vocaled and yeah I, th- I think we we sometimes because she wraps so much of this record up in in production um sometimes you forget how big the vocals still maintain on it and how she's sort of compete not competing with but she's matching the moment that that production's providing for it yeah on that platform and she did have a moment she did have an acoustic version of a thousand doves on um like a kind of like Japanese deluxe edition or something. Yeah. And it sounds like it could have been like on the A Star Is Born soundtrack. Yes. It's really like so crazy. I do like she said about this album that she kind of made it completely electronic. So there's no real instruments on this album. Everything's run through kind of MIDI. But like she, at, at the bare boned level of it, there are some really great kind of singer-songwriter songs here. And I'm so thankful she didn't do that, obviously. Yeah. Songs <laughs> but it's that when just you nice strip to know that. that she built it that way. Yeah. Well, th- th- I mean, that's always the sign of a great song, isn't it? If it can be stripped yeah. back and, and be as impressive piano and vocal or guitar and vocal as it is wrapped up in all this production, 
then yeah. that's the sign of a, of a really well done record. What do you think of the way that it starts? Do you like Alice as an opener? Yeah, I think that I think that works. It feels Alice feels to me quite sort of um, quite like a big world, like a big part of the universe, a, a tall skyscraper of a song to me. Yeah, that feels a little bit sort of interplanetary and out of this world compared to you know some of the everything in this in this record feels you know, out of this world and on its own planet, but compared to some of the moments later on in the record that feel a little bit more um, close to home, a little bit more down to earth. It's it's a, such yeah. a big moment. And glorified, hashtag glorified interludes, I think Chromatica 1 is just a beautiful piece of music as well. And It is a beautiful piece of music. Yeah. Just but also the, how cool. the first lyric is like, will you pull me out of this alive? <laughs> Great. Great way to begin an album. Yes, exactly, because that sets the that sets the mission for the album. That sets the mission for what these songs are intended to do for her. Um, so I think well, that's a really special thing. Like, how good is the track list of this? Oh. The, the run, the way it runs is just so good. It's perfect. The way, like, obviously it starts with that, um, and then you get to like kind of the depressing part and then it pulls it out of it. And then at the end you finish with something like Babylon, which is just like a downright celebration of nothing, just complete ridiculous, like whatever, no (laughs) meaning whatsoever. Like after such a heavy, heavy album and it is so heavy at points. Yeah. Um, for her to be able to do that. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. I think we haven't talked enough about Babylon. Um, but maybe we will at some point. We will talk about Babylon. Well, we'll talk about some of the best moments, maybe after this game. Flop stars. Um, so what I am going to do for my game, seeing as though you roasted me on the Chromatica 2 interlude, I'm going to play a few interludes from pop albums Ooh. and you have to guess what the interlude is from. Ooh. This is the first one. Okay. Tell me if you can hear it. Not very well. That's better. Oh, I do know it. That's all I'm giving you. Oh, what is that? I can give you a slightly more, bit more from further into the song. Yeah. So while I feel your steps. Oh! Who is that whispery woman? Um... You've no. kind of said it quite well with Whispery Woman. Whispery Woman. It's a Whispery Woman. Is it? Who whispers a lot? It's Lana. It's not Lana. Is it Lana it's or Jason? Billie Eilish. Billie, I knew Billie it. Billie Eilish. It. Not my responsibility from Happier Than Ever. That's right. All right, next one. Okay, this is good. Let's go. Fashion is a lifestyle. It's oh. a choice. It's a freedom of expression. Fashion. You have to live it. You have, you have to, to love it. it. You have to breathe it. Um, that's Christina 
the is it the first song on Bionic? The, it's not the first song, but it's pretty close. It's so on Bionic. It's yeah, Christina yeah. on Bionic. Yes. Yep. That's very good. Yes. Fashion is okay. a lifestyle. You, you ready for the next one? Yeah. Oh, that's her again. I thought so. Oh, that's Kanye. Pre all of the lights. Yeah, you're right. Yes! Well done. Two points. Okay. Next one. Okay. Sounds like my sleep paralysis demon. (laughs) Um, I no, I can't. I don't know that one. That is, I'm so drunk off Miley Cyrus's (gasps) dead pet. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Shit! (laughs) All right, you ready for the next one? Hit me. Halsey. Yeah, but what? Off what album? Hopeless Fountain Kingdom. No, it's off Manic. It's the Alanis Morissette interlude. Oh, that one! Okay, I was terrible at that game, but that was a good game. No, you've got got one more. Oh, I do have a redemption. Okay, redemption. No, you've got two more, sorry. Two more. Two more redemption rounds. Okay. You may be here a while. Now that all future plans have been postponed. Oh. And it's time to look back. Is this off Dawn FM weekend? It is off Dawn FM. Yes, I knew that voice. I knew that voice. Okay. And final one. Dunder. I'm gonna say that's Kanye Donda interlude. That's right. You did very well at that. I was happy with that. I was happy with the ones I got, but I was really annoyed at the ones I didn't because I'd heard them all. So, yeah. Good yeah. game. Like that interlude game. It's fun. Yeah, it was very good. Bionic still m- maintains supreme. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bionic. One of the best albums we've done, I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go straight into your game and then we can have a chat about some of the best and worst moments yeah. of the album? Why don't we do that? So my game is called Interplanetary Faders, um, based off emotional faders, but also interplanetary vibes. I'm going to pit um, songs from the Gaga universe up against songs from other universes or that have space or planet themes in the name. Okay, I like this. Yeah. I was trying to um, fashion a game that was similar to this, so yes. I'm glad that you went with it. I thought you'd like this. All right, first one we're going to do is Lady Gaga, You and I from Born This Way, the rockabilly yeah. Joe Calderon moment versus Train Drops of Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought you'd like. <laughs> They're your options. I mean, there's no contest. How could you go past train? <laughs> no. You and I, one of the best, one of the, the great Gaga ballads. But your thoughts on Drops of Jupiter? Is it just a um, kitsch? Is it a kitsch, actually shit record? Or is it actually a beautiful, big, 
you know, pop ballad. I wouldn't say beautiful, but I'd have a sing along if it came on. That's nice. Yeah, that's that's respectable. Yeah. Uh, next thought is okay. Next one, Bruno Mars, 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 Silk Sonic. Uh-huh. Leave the oh, door thank open. you for repeating that multiple Mars, times. Mars, get it? Because it's a planet. <laughs> yeah. And his band Silk Sonic, Leave the Door Open versus 911. It's not apples well, and apples, is it? It's, I, no, it's not apples and apples at all. But I wouldn't expect you to put that much thought into it to match similar songs. So. <laughs> It's definitely 911 for me, but I do love Leave the Door Open. Okay. Got you. But it's 911. Okay. Nice. Um, Okay. Venus by Lady Gaga versus. That's a double whammy. Walk walk the moon, shut up and dance. Moon. (laughs) Moon. I actually always think I hate shut up and dance, but whenever it comes on, I actually have to really force myself to turn it off yeah it's a great song i saw them perform it live at youtube fan fest which that was just youtubers horrendous. it was awful it was youtubers doing skits on stage and then a performance from walk the moon to close off proceeding <laughs> but what's better shut up and dance i'm Venus. sorry you had to go through that it was that awful. was your pandemic <laughs> um <laughs> venus definitely okay Sticking with the Venus theme, Banana Rama's mega hit Venus <laughs> versus Just Dance from the Gaga universe. Venus. Um, this is actually kind of hard. Chic Quattro Razor uh-huh. commercials. Maybe Venus would have won if I hadn't heard it in that many Razor commercials. <laughs> <laughs> but Just Dance is also not my fave Gaga well, moment. There you go. So I'm going to go Banana Rama. Yes! Bananarama get the win. Um, that's all. That's all of my um, interplanetary game. Okay, I enjoyed that. Thank you. I like that we do Thank a review. For putting I like that we do a review of every game. Yeah, oh, sorry, we always have to let each other know. I like that game. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh right. god. No need to insult my intelligence. <laughs> All right, Chromatica best and worst. Um, I feel like we need to go like three best and then just your worst. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, let me bring it. Let me actually bring everything up because that's a hard one. Three best for me: Replay, yeah, Babylon, Rain yeah. on Me. Okay, not Can in that elaborate? order particularly. I'm pretty sure you said Stupid Love stupid was in your top three stu- earlier in the podcast. I did, but I've Just, had a think about it. I don't want it. you to be fact-checked. I've had a think about it. I've evolved yeah. my thoughts. Thoughts can evolve, such as the nature yeah. of them. And to me, I'd, <laughs> I'd kind of forgotten about Babylon for a hot minute, and then I realised, no, you're right. That is the most escapist song on the record after after some moments of trauma and pain. That's yeah. That's the most important thing about this record is it was the escapism that we talked about at the very start so they would be my three favorites with a very close follow-up to stupid love and not in any particular order as well okay worst song on the record 
911. Oh, no, it's not the worst song. 911. No. You're you're no, kidding. It's not the worst song. Um I reckon fun tonight probably. Oh, poor fun. But 911's definitely down in the bottom few. Yeah, well I think we've ascertained that throughout <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> and a score out of ten, it's a it's a good eight and a half. I mean, it, there's there's really no fouls on it. Yeah. Um, but I suppose that sophistication factor might be lacking a little bit. But does it need the sophistication factor? I don't know. In any case, it feels like an eight and a half comfortably for me. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I've top three off this is really hard. It is. Um. Well, this is. This is really tough, actually. Yeah. Um, Rain on me, obviously. Nine one one, obviously. No. Um, and then I'm really stuck between Free Woman and Replay. I, Free I Woman is such is. a moment, and I think that that this is my dance floor that I fought for is kind of like the album's mantra. Yes. So it's really hard to go past that, but then also Replay is such a moment. Um, or replay. Yes, good. Back it in, and we have a, but point, few, a point of agreement. Like, shout, shout outs to some moments. The bonkers end of "Sign from Above." That oh my sounds God, yes. like a uh, hundred gex moment. <laughs> That's amazing. Babylon, Babylon's absolute nonsense is amazing. Um, and that's it. They're yeah. my two moments that I wanted to shout out. Worst song on the album is oh, undoubtedly A Thousand Doves. No. I hate it. Okay. I'll let you have that one. Yeah. I'll let you have that Thank one. You. I don't want to argue. <laughs> you don't have the energy to fight. No, though. we've had it. A- <laughs> and I agree. 8.5 out of 10 for me. It's been a more argumentative <laughs> session than normal. But it's good <laughs> to be back. And we're going to do this every week, presumably, until... We can't do it every week, but we're making a concerted effort to do it every week. And if you haven't checked it out, we're now doing a separate podcast that is all about the biggest pop moments of the week. It is called The Pop-In, which you'll find on the same feed as Flopstars. Beautiful. Yeah. It's good to be back. Great to be back. And you can follow despite our new Instagram as well. Our, um, at despite Pod. our differences, I've enjoyed our time I, with you. Sorry, just yes. speaking over you, spooking us. No, because... well, that's a, that wouldn't be surprising of you. That's no difference. Um... The 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 Instagram we're going to make an Instagram. It's called at Flop Stars Pod. We think so. Just check that one out. Just search Flop Stars. I'm sure you'll find it. Um, but we'll post some. Sure. We'll post good stuff there. And like, and we'll work on our professionalism this next week. No, we won't. We'll, We've had five we'll be seasons. Less argumentative. We've had five seasons for that, and we have not worked on our professionalism. So <laughs> we'll be popping this episode into season five, even though um, <laughs> there's a bigger gap between this and the last episode than we've ever had between a season. Well, it means we don't have to make new artwork. So that's all that matters. It's it's just easier. It's that just way. much easier. Exactly. Till next week. Ta ta. Bye. Bye.